Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Shady Booth Podcast. On today's podcast, I'll be doing something a little bit different. I am going to be recapping episodes three and four of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 6. So I wanted to get caught up because I missed a week, so I wanted to get a little bit caught up and fit two episodes into one, so this recap won't be as long as the previous two, as I'm going to kind of go through the highlights and my final kind of thoughts on each episode. And so let's just get started with episode three, which was titled Side Hustlers. So this week's guest judge was Tia Mori from Sister Sister, little throwback for you all. And so we're going to pick right up after uh, the elimination of Jiggly Caliente. Um, you know, they RuPaul came out and warned her, and then previously to her was Serena, that there's a game within a game, you know, suggesting that they weren't fully eliminated yet. We've also learned in the premiere that once again, the queens will lip sync um, against assassins and cast phones against each other for elimination. So this week's challenge is side hustles, where the queens are challenged to test their acting, line reading skills, and overall comedic talent on screen. So as the girls are walking into the room after Jiggly's elimination. The remaining queens gather in the workroom to congratulate Raja on her $20,000 cash tip for tying the legendary Brooklyn Heights in the lip sync. And then they all decide to check the lipstick votes, and in the end, the count, there were two lipsticks for Yada, while the rest were for Jiggly. Trinity K. Bonet actually confesses to casting a vote against Yara and by defending Jiggly's efforts in the challenge despite struggling to make a garment while Yara fooled around until the last minute. So like I talked about last week, Yara was not concerned at all about this challenge while everyone was hustling and trying to get ready. She was just kind of like nonchalant and it showed, you know, she was in the bottom and she was pissed about it. So that kind of rubbed Trinity the wrong way and that is, you know, Trinity's reasoning behind it. Uh, Kylie actually says that, you know, she didn't really buy it and she kind of suggested that Trinity actually casted the vote in retaliation for Yada voting against Trinity in the very first episode. But you know, that really doesn't matter because, you know, Trinity made her vote, whatever the reasons were, you know, she said what she said, Kylie Sonic Love believes what she believes, and in the very end, that's it. Um, what was actually more surprising was that Ginger Minge voted Jiggly out because Ginge, Jiggly and Ginger had a very, very close relationship. Um, they share that they've been very close off of the TV show, outside of Drag Race, they've been very close friends. However, Ginger Minge felt that Yada was more of a competitor and Jiggly, you know, she just didn't have what it took. And I was like, yes, I mean, I agree. Jiggly, you all heard me last week. Jiggly did not need to be there. Like, like I've said once, I'll say it again. Bitch, you were on twice. You still can't fucking sew? No, ma'am. That is not acceptable. And Ginger Minge agreed. The very next day, Rue arrives to present this week's maxi challenge, which is Side Hustles. This is where the queens would be grouped together to film commercials promoting unique extra jobs. 
To divide the girls into teams, Rue had them line up from shortest to tallest. So this left Ginger, a curiosity Davenport, Jan, and Silky as the rent-to-queen service, Trinity, Pandora Box, Yada, and Raja as the drag fixers, and then Kylie, Sonic Love, Scarlet Envy, and Eureka as the drag exorcist team. So basically, the three teams had to come up with a commercial, you know, selling a service. And so this is very popular in the RuPaul Drag Race show. They always have like a, you know, to sell a product or a service or conduct an interview. And it's really, I think, to get the girls ready for the real world. It's kind of like a media training in, in a way for the for the girls, like once they leave Drag Race. So I always kind of like these uh, challenges. I think that it, it really does show you know not only their acting skills and if they're well-rounded if they're team players but also like i said it's like a media challenge so i really enjoy that uh during the planning stage for the advertisements uh pandora's team seemed to have a leg up considering she had worked in the local commercial making space previously in her career uh, the group also had very similar ideas for how their concept would work uh, Trinity, though, remained a little anxious about Yada's ability to focus and perform up to par with the others because Yada actually is a very, she gets distracted easily. She's like, ooh, a shiny bell. Ooh, like that's shiny. Ooh, that's pretty. And Yada can't stay focused. I can kind of do that. It's like ADHD type of thing. I, I do get distracted a lot, but Yada, bitch, she is fucking something else. Like I, I literally cannot with her. Um, moving on to Scarlet's group, uh, they got off to a good start with their whole X or size queens idea of merging exercising and exorcising into one concept. Basically, like the whole exercising queen. So, like, you think of exercising like you're working out and then like you're performing an exorcism. So, they thought that they would combine the two ideas. Kylie, um, show, you know, she actually said that she felt a little bit nervous about the different sort of skills that she'd have to have to employ uh, for a challenge like this. And then, um, you know, we'll see how that played out. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a bit. However, uh, moving on now, we are going to talk about the uh, the last team, and that is Ginger, Jan, and Akira. They were all vibing in the same overcomplicated way. And, you know, Silky was, you know, a part of their team. And she just was not on their level. Uh, but she was determined to not return to the type A personality that she got read for filth in her original season. Uh, you know, she, the three girls were all same wavelength. They were all like, yes, this is a great idea. Yes, yes, yes. They were all like hyping each other up. And then like you still see, uh, I'm sorry, you see Silky there and she's just like not feeling it. She's not a part of it. She's just like kind of going with the flow, whatever. She's, she's just like, she just doesn't care. Later on, the queens hit the set to film and the directors are Michelle Visage and Ross Matthews. I love when Michelle's like doing this whole director thing and Ross too. Ross is usually good for like the laughs and he gives like good comedy tips and Michelle is just like that bitch. Michelle's like that bitch that's gonna tell you how it is. She's like, mm, no, try again. Uh, no, like you're reading the line wrong. And I love that about Michelle. And so 
with Trinity, she actually took direction pretty well, got positive feedback from both Michelle and Ross. However, Yada was her classic over-the-top self, and Raja and Pandora came off rather reserved. Um, in Kylie's group, uh, she required some direction in order to get her on the same playing field as Scarlett and Eureka, and at one point their script required a whole, a whole ass rewrite due to the confusion of the phrase, your three firstborns. And then, yeah, that was just like, it was this big old thing. Like, she kept on saying it, Michelle and Ross were like, that's not making sense, like, you have three firstborns, like, you only have one firstborn. So, like, help me make it make sense. Like, that, it's not making sense. So, help me help you. And so, we move on to the final group. And Akira, uh is there. And she's struggling with her line readings and what turned out to be more scenes and costume changes all around than Michelle and Ross were actually expecting. And Silky realized that at the end of filming, she was the only given three lines and became worried she might fade into the background of the group because she was only given those three lines i think a lot of that had to do with her not giving input during the planning stage but again i know that she wanted to show a different side to her and so you know i don't know she she wanted to show a different side to her she did uh that's her ass only got three lines so that's that but you know, whatever. Um, that's we're gonna go ahead and move on to the main stage. <laughs> on the main stage, Rue was joined by Michelle Ross, and then again, this week's special guest judge, Tia Mori. Uh, before seeing the commercials, the queens walked the stage in a redemption runway category as a chance to do over fashion fails from their former seasons. I was really excited about this because a lot of these looks needed to be redone i was like yes thank you lord jesus and then some i was like mm, i don't know uh kylie reworked her lady gaga snatch game outfit into a pink feather duster jumpsuit uh scarlet took her entrance look and created a more elaborate art toga gown eureka remixed her faux fur look into a better kind of pink and yellow bodysuit um you know Eureka girl, I love you. I'm getting kind of tired of bodysuits, so with her and Silky, like the bodysuits, we need to put them away for a little bit. Like, we need to stop. Anyways, uh, Raja took another shot at the whole farm to runway look with a great brown gown and a real leaf headpiece. Bitch, I thought she was Groot. Like, from Marvel, I was like, oh no, she didn't come out here looking like Groot. Mm -mm. Somebody sent help. Somebody, somebody somewhere sent help. The only good thing about that look was her makeup, but girl, she needed some help. Someone, somewhere, save Groot. Uh, it was just a, to me, it was, it was not it. Pandora ended up redoing a dress from All Stars 2 into a matronly blue gown boring bored over it tired mm -mm, pandora girl um i am done with pandora for real like again she's cute drag queen she may be talented but she is not all-star six worthy like hell no she is not all-star six worthy shit ugh 
Yada moves on and recreates a promo look into a gorgeous one-legged black lace pant gown, while Trinity did something similar with a black beaded gown inspired from her own promo look. Then we move on to my little safe Jan, and Jan's entrance look was remade into a jersey gown. It was all right. That, that, mm, I, I, I didn't like Trinity's um, outfit. I thought she looked good. I think her outfit compared to Yada's, uh, she definitely made it look better. Uh, she, she definitely put some thought into it, so I really did enjoy that. And then we move on to Ginger Minge, who made a new space outfit from Silver Fabric. Bitch. Ginger's not giving me what needs to be given. Ginger, like, I would give this look a three or a four, maybe. Maybe a strong four. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, Silky Nutmeg Ganache created another disco look with beautiful, beautiful, beautiful red tassels. I really did like it. But again, I believe this was like a bodysuit. Oh, someone bury the fucking bodysuits. Please, please bury them. Anyways, lastly, Akira changed up her caftan look into a beautiful sheer look. Uh, then, uh, yeah, let's just get into the commercials, girls. Alrighty, so in the Exorcise Queens commercial, Kylie and Scarlett paired well together as the Exorcise Gears attending a very... Uh, tied up possessed looking ass eureka she was apparently possessed by a demon uh the concept uh, some people said it worked really well and told a clear story from start to finish i didn't did not agree i didn't agree i thought it was i thought like what service were you selling here like what are we doing like are we working out like i get the whole like play on words but like, it's not funny to me. Like, Eureka looks straight up like The Exorcist. Like, that was a pretty cool look um, if it was in a bad horror movie. But this that's not what I wanted to see on Drag Race Girls. No, ma'am. So then we move on in the Fix It Bitch ad. All four queens came across as very, very professional and perfectly casted in their roles. And overall, the idea for that was very, very clear, concise, while also dropping a handful of innuendos and jokes that made sense. So that, the whole, like, Fix It Bitch, that was, that was a very, very well put together ad. That was a good advertisement. I really enjoyed it. It made the verse group look very, very bad, in my opinion. And lastly, we have the Rack Escort Service video. Uh, while professional, with a lot of, you know, variations and things and shit happening, the vibe overall was kind of dry. And it included just like, it was just a mess. It was like they threw a bunch of shit at the wall and they were seeing what stuck and nothing stuck. A couple of things may have stuck, but nothing exciting. And it was just not that great. And so we move on to the assessment of the queens. Rue clarified that they would all be judged as teams rather than individuals. So with that in mind, Team Fix-A-Bitch was named the top team of the week. Then Trinity K. Bonet was declared the overall winner of this challenge. So I I think I agree. Like I said, her her look was sickening. She did great this week. I was very very proud of Trinity. You know she's 
not my favorite. I do have my favorites. Um, she's not my favorite, but she did definitely deserve to be the top performer this week. Um, that meant that she, Raja, Pandora, and Yada were all safe, and then the remaining seven would actually hear the critiques of the judges. So with the critiques, Kylie got very high remarks for her recreation, and the judges told her she came across really well on screen, although Michelle still cautioned her to push herself further in order to keep up with the other girls. You know, like, this is All-Star 6 girl, step the pussy up. Uh, Tia thought that Scarlett gave a very lived-in natural performance that allowed her to enjoy watching her performance. Uh, Michelle did read Eureka for a runway look that crowded her upper body and neck too much. Um, it was like a lot happening. Uh, but Tia said it's clear that she is born with a gift of comedy. Um, moving on to Jan. The, the, every, like the overall consensus on Jan was that her look was elevated from the previous version, but Michelle was like, girl, your wig is a big no for me. I was like, I agree. And then Ross said that she can't always be a team player if she wants to stick out from the crowd. Um, after her was Ginger Minge. The judges were not entirely on board with her redemption look. Same. I just said it. I'm like, girl, what the fuck are you doing here? Um, but it was clear that they all believed, um, you know, it was just, they believed in her because she was like the most committed professional actor in the entire cast. And that's about all she had going for her. Okay. Cause her look was a fucking mess. Then Silky's was up next, and Ross says that he wasn't sure how her new look related to the former one, but admitted that it was gorgeous, and it's probably the best that she has ever looked. Uh, Tia and Michelle acknowledged that Silky had a lot to do in the commercial, but noticed that a spark may have been missing from her. And again, I think that's because she didn't give her input. She was afraid to come off as that type A personality. And I think sometimes that, you know, you can be your own worst enemy. And, you know, whether it's good or bad, I think Silky, she has to find that, that, like, equal ground. Like, you know, like, there's a balance, that fine balance of both. And I think she's struggling to do that right now. So that was my issue with it, but I do, you know, the Queen, Tia, I'm sorry, Tia and Michelle kind of agreed with that. Akira C. Davenport, uh, everyone agreed that she came across as nervous in the commercial, and, you know, they know that she struggled to remember the lines, which prevented her from showing the more, like, the whole, like, more that Tia wanted to see. Like, they wanted to get just, like, they wanted to pull more out of her. It was just, like, it was hard to get anything out of her because the curious nerves were so worked up. Um, based on all of the critiques, Rue had no choice but to name the Rat Girls as the bottom group, which made them all vulnerable to elimination while Kylie, Scarlet, and Eureka would be safe. Bitch, I was fucking gagged. Like, Rue isn't coming for the children, okay? Rue wants to eliminate, like, Basically, he wants everyone eliminated. I'm like, girl, you're the one that invited them. But, you know, this isn't the first time that he's put up multiple girls for elimination. But, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's like, it's very giving me All-Star Season 1 where, like, they are, you know, they're based, like, in groups. Challenge, like, their challenges, like, they're based... Uh, what am I trying to say here? Like, 
they are being judged off of their group performance and so like whether you're safe or not it's based off your entire group and so that's like very season one and i feel like season one they didn't know of all stars by the way they didn't know what the fuck they were doing they were just trying to like figure it out and it was a mess and i think that's why a lot of the girls returned from season one for later all stars but yeah so again kylie scarlet and eureka are safe so the girls go backstage and the four bottom queens immediately start defending their placement in the bottom. Uh, Ginger actually made what came off as a cruel joke as a cruel joke when she congratulated Jan on not being safe for the first time. Uh, oh my my little safe Jan, leave her alone. <laughs> Teasing Trinity, who became upset that no one had paused to congratulate her on her first ever win. Because Trinity was very pissed. Like Trinity, you know, they walked in and Trinity was like, oh, hold up. Like, y'all came in here, made it all about y'all. But last week, whenever, you know, so-and-so won, y'all were all like, yay her, yay her, yay her. Like, where are my flowers at? Like, Trinity wanted her moment, girl. And so Ginger kind of teased her about that. And the group later toasted to Trinity. So, yeah, you know, Trinity was pretty pissed off. But as soon as they toasted to her... They quickly, quickly, and they being the bottom four, returned to pitching their case for why they should all stay. One by one, they sat with Trinity to explain themselves, but Trinity assured Jan, Silky, and Akira that they had nothing to worry about. Worry about. Meanwhile, Trinity was not so reassuring to Ginger, who got the feeling that Trinity would likely eliminate her. I got that feeling very much too because I was kind of confused actually because Trinity was like, mm, girl, you don't got nothing to worry about. And then the next door came, she's like, oh girl, you ain't got nothing to worry about with me. And then the next door came, she's like, oh girl, but you ain't got nothing to worry about with me. And I'm like, girl, you're saying that to everyone. Bitch, you can't save everyone, bitch. And so I was a little confused about that, but you know, whatever. Um, anyways. So, in the voting booth, we see Ginger and Silky vote for Akiria, and Akiria vote for Silky, but all else, including Trinity's solo choice, was kept secret. We are back on the main stage, and Trinity K. Bonet is standing out there, and she is waiting for her lip-sync assassin to be revealed. And, bitch, this reveal is the biggest probably in the top three top five reveals of all fucking time laganja estranja is the lip sync assassin and this bitch does a full on jump into a split from the fucking ceiling or somewhere and that's how the fuck she made her entrance I was fucking gagged. It was all over the fucking internet. It was all over fucking TikTok. Bitch, if you have not seen it, I feel sorry for you, my child. Girl, it is fucking good. This bitch, fucking shit. They, <laughs> I, <laughs> I am still shook. I can't even, like, talk about the rest of the show and we're almost done. But fuck, it was so, so good. Um, so determine, to determine the winner... And who would be eliminated? The two faced off to Dua Lipa's bop physical. That is my fucking bop, by the way. Dua Lipa is my little fucking pop princess. I fucking love Dua Lipa. So I was fucking jamming out. And Laganja was spinning 
dipping, splits, cartwheels, all kinds of fucking gymnastics, bitch. I thought she was trying out for, for like, like literally, I thought she was trying out for the motherfucker in Olympics here. I'm like, this bitch is fucking turning it the fuck out. And, you know, uh, Trinity isn't that type of performer. She is not that kind of girl. She is not that type of bitch. Trinity will give you a good lip sync, but she is not going to do the spins and dips and flips and splits and cartwheels. Girl, she's not doing it all that. She just, you know, she did her very little cute choreography and, you know, it matched the song. But at the end, um, Laganja, like, even had a fucking outfit reveal. She she came to fucking win this fucking lip sync. I everyone knew that it was fucking over. It was fucking done, sealed, bitch. It was done. It was over. Um. So we all know, Laganja won the lip sync, and then that meant that the group's decision would determine who would go home. Uh, Laganja pulls out her lipstick and it is Silky Nutmeg Ganache. Bitch. My heart dropped. I like Silky so much. I think she's such a great character for television. I enjoy her looks. I was like, holy shit. Um, as the other two queens before her, as she's getting ready to go, uh, Rue comes on the screen and lets her know that the competition is not yet over for her. And Silky is thrilled at that. And I am so excited because I knew that was happening. I knew that was coming. But I'm like, okay, I need to know what, when this game within a game is going to happen. Because I have anxiety. And literally my anxiety, like just thinking about it, I'm like, oh, fucking shit. Like, I cannot wait for the next episode. Like, I need, like, when is this going to happen? Is it the next episode? Is it episode 6? Is it episode 7? Like, girl, how many episodes are we doing? Because the last RuPaul's Drag Race season was literally, like, a five or six months long, I believe. It started, like, in January. It started on New Year's Day. And I believe it ended, like, in April, May. Correct me if I'm wrong. So, like, how long are we doing All-Star 6, bitch? Like, are we going to restart halfway through? Like, I, I need to know. So, Silky went home, but not really. And that is it for All-Star 6, Episode 3. And now you can take a little break, get yourself a little tea, get yourself a little snack. And we are going to move on to the very next episode. Alrighty, girls, I hope that you all got your tea and your little potty break. So we are going to move on to All-Star 6, Episode 4, which was titled Halftime Headliners. So this week on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, the music of RuPaul takes center stage when the queens remix her songs in the style of iconic Super Bowl halftime performers. The challenge, designed to test how the girls pick up choreography and commit to a performance, determines one top queen and two bottom queens for the week. Again, the top queen lip-syncs against a secret assassin for the chance to choose which of the two on the bottom should be eliminated. And just to recap real quick, uh, Serena 
Chacha was the first one to go home, and then it was Chigli Caliente who went home, and then on the last episode we just talked about, Silky Nutmeg Ganache was eliminated. So we uh, move on. This is right after Silky's elimination, and it is, you know, a custom of All-Stars for the queens to gather in the workroom, and um, they are all assessing the lipstick votes that sent Silky home. And considering that four queens were actually up for elimination last week, it was a surprise that only Silky and Akira C. Davenport received votes. It was a little awkward, to be honest with you, because Akira obviously didn't get sent home. And so, in the closest vote so far this season, Akira received four votes to Silky's six. And we found out that Ginger Min, Eureka, Raja, and Silky all voted for Akira. And, you know, Akira says that she didn't take anything personally. However, she doesn't think that they were deserved. And then, like, in her little interview, she does definitely, clearly, you could tell she takes it personally. So we are moving on, and the very next morning, Jan and Ginger, who were the other two people that could have been eliminated, said that their spot in the bottom would be a kick in the ass for them to work even harder. But Jan rubbed a couple of girls the wrong way when she declared that she didn't think her performance was worthy of being eligible anyway. Uh, for the most part, though, the group laughed it off as, you know, they just were like, Jan, oh, sweet Jan, girl, we, we're done. Like, stop. Like, you were in the bottom. Just get over it, girl. Um, when Rue arrives into the room, he tells the girls that this week they'll be performing in an All-Star 6 Hall of Fame halftime show in the spirit of many superstars that have performed during the Super Bowl. In true Rue fashion, the music for the show would actually be his own songs, but they'd be remixed to fit the modes of actual halftime headliners that each queen would interpret. The queens received a script with all of their options for who to perform and seemingly had no reason to fight over roles. So, Akira chose to be Prince. Kylie Sonic Love said that she would beat Steven Tyler. Raja O'Hara would be Diana Ross. Trinity K. Bonet would be closing the show as the queen of all queens, Beyonce. Uh, Pandora Box chose Carol Channing. Scarlet Envy was Katy Perry. Jan said that she would portray Lady Gaga. Eureka would be the Queen Madonna. Yada as Sof I'm sorry, Yada as Shakira. And then Ginger Minj opening the show as Fergie. And that was weird because I didn't remember Fergie ever performing at the halftime show. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. But, um, yeah, anyways, um, you know, Akira was one of the last people to be in the bottom, and so she was thrilled by taking a risk, you know, she's choosing one of two male icons to interpret because it set her apart from all of the other girls, you know, all of the other performers chose females, and, you know, she was just excited to be different and have her own take on Prince. And Trinity was very, very aware of the long history of girls getting eliminated when they chose Beyonce as a character, but she was like, I am determined to break that curse and prove that she can do justice for the living legend. You know, Trinity K. Bonet has already said that once this season, and so when she said it again, I was like, oh my god, girl, like, is this foreshadowing? Like, are you gonna fuck yourself up? Um, we'll see. <laughs> 
Later in the day, the queens went to the main stage to learn their choreography with Jamal Sims, who had prepared special moves to best represent the pop stars. Jamal told Ginger that the key to Fergie would be adding energy to simple little movements and a curia that prince exudes sex and cool at the same damn time uh when it came to working with yada jamal struggled a bit to get his point across once yada started dictating what moves she thought would work better because yada said that she already impersonates shakita and jamal's like well girl i'm the choreographer here like Mm, let's ring it in a bit uh, it was very uncomfortable and awkward to watch but you know whatever yada is just maybe setting herself up for failure we will see uh after yada you know he had such an easier time with getting trinity to embody beyonce and it, it was just like okay like he was here for trinity and i was already excited for trinity's performance now i know that you know she said she wanted to break the curse i'm like girl you've already said that i'm worried about you now but seeing her performance like the practice i was very excited to see the end result eureka and jan were very very intimidated by how well that uh trinity was picking it up they were like damn like this bitch actually can perform like she's actually being fucking beyonce like what the fuck is happening here so the girls are now getting ready for the maxi challenge and Akira and Raja discuss with Trinity how risky it would be to try to perform like someone as polished as Beyonce. However, Trinity still says that she felt confident in her ability and the conversation continued as the everyone realized that she was finally building relationships and friendships with the other girls uh, because Trinity does have a tendency to build like a wall and so everyone around her was just like, happy that um she was kind of letting that down a bit on the other end of the workroom ginger minge was asking jan for advice on her makeup in the hopes of taking michelle visage's critiques on her painting last week uh, because last on the last episode michelle visage was not a fan of ginger minge minge's look in general but particularly her paint job um, so joining Rue on the main stage this week was Michelle Visage, Jamal, and Carson Cressley. So the halftime show kicked off with a well-painted and very, very nicely costumed Ginger, followed by Eureka, who perfectly styled uh, Madonna. She was like, she embodied Madonna. She was just, it was everything, girl. And then a very, very good-looking Raja came out as Diana Ross, and I loved it because she was even doing the whole Diana Ross hands-in-the-hair movement, and it was just like those little ticks that Diana does that I really, really enjoyed. After Raja, it was Yara Sofia who came out as Shakira, and girl, her hips did not lie. Like, okay. The, the choreography that Jamal gave her was out the window because all we saw was her trying to break her little fucking back. And, you know, she was trying to shake what her mama did not give her. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, help her get her off the stage. It was embarrassing. Uh, Scarlet came up after Yada, and she came out in the shark dress Katy Perry. So that was very, very, I don't know if you'd say famous or infamous, but yeah, it was very much that. And after that Katy Perry performance, um, Kylie Sonic Love came out as Steven Tyler, who looked and acted just fucking like steven tyler from aerosmith this bitch had it on fucking point i was like okay this bitch is gonna win 
Okay, this bitch is coming for blood. Okay, this bitch is here to win. Kylie, girl, yes, ma'am. I loved it. Jan came out as Lady Gaga, and bitch, this bitch, tell me why she, I thought that was fucking Lady Gaga for a little bit. Like, not so much her, like, her look, like, she didn't look like Lady Gaga. Yes, her outfit was, like, a costume of Lady Gaga, but her fucking performance, I was like, is this bitch Gaga? Like, this bitch was playing the piano at one point, and she even started playing the piano with her fucking stiletto. I was like, bitch, what the fuck is happening? Yes, ma'am, Jan. Yes, 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 yes. I was so fucking excited about that performance. Um, after her was Akira coming out as Prince. Uh, very underwhelming. Very, very underwhelming. It was just a basic-ass performance. Um, she turned around and she just showed all her ass cheeks and some chaps. Then it was just like Prince wouldn't have done that. Uh, it was, I was very underwhelmed. I was not excited about her performance whatsoever. And then a Pandora came coming out as Carol was, uh, it was that. It was just, it was what it was, okay? Like, we, I mean, Carol was the very first uh, Super Bowl halftime performer ever. Um, I didn't know that. Um, I feel like somebody like Pandora Box definitely would know that. Um, I don't want to say anything mean. I just, let's move on. Um, let's Let's just please move on. Trinity comes out to end the show, and this bitch comes out to end the show of all fucking shows. This bitch, she fucking embodied Beyonce. With that look that Beyonce gives, like, I don't know if y'all have ever been to a Beyonce concert, but that bitch just has to stand there, and you can feel her fucking energy. You can feel her. She, she looks around the crowd, and she's not even singing, and the crowd is going fucking crazy. Trinity embodied that. It was fucking insane. Holy shit, it was fucking... I was here for it. So after that performance, and after all the halftime show was over, the queens walked the runway in a the frill-of-it-all category. Ginger opened it up in a gone-with-the-wind-inspired lavender dress. Mm, cute, but boring. Eureka turned out pink chaps with huge frills, which I really enjoyed. I like the whole, like, um, I'm glad that she came out with something different. You know, when you think, you know, frill of it all, you'd probably think a lot of gowns or dresses. And so I'm glad that Eureka did something different. That was pretty exciting and cool and different. Uh, Raja was in a baby blue gown. Uh, Yada went for fringe and an old, like, just this weird fucking hairpiece that was supposed to be, like, a windmill of some kind. Um, bitch, that was a mess. Uh, Scarlet wore a beige southern baby doll dress, while Kylie Sonique Love had a very shiny pastel gown. Yes, Kylie Sonique, ma'am. Uh, Jan went darker with the maroon and black can-can dress, and she looked fucking sickening. Jan, okay, Jan is, does not want to be safe Jan anymore. Girl, she does not want to be safe Jan. She looks fucking gorgeous. Uh, Pandora went cutesy and blue and pink. I'm over Pandora being cutesy. I'm done with her. God. Fuck. I, I need to, like, I don't know. I... 
this is turning into like I don't like Jiggly Caliente, I don't like Pandora Box, like oh my god, this is like becoming that show and I need to stop, but I can't help it. I have opinions and that's why I created this podcast. So anyways, uh, Trinity went full pageant in a salmon evening gown and Akira closed the category in an amazing flower petal look that dropped down into a dress. It was fucking sickening, that look, okay? That look, I was like, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. That's the fucking level drag that we are here for in All-Star 6. Yes, motherfucking ma'am. Yes, 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 yes. So based on both the performance and the runway looks, Rue declares the following queens safe. Raja, Scarlet, Kylie, and Pandora. That left the other six on stage to hear critiques as the tops and bottoms of the week. Luckily, Michelle loved Ginger's makeup this week, but overall, the judges didn't think she did enough with the performance as Fergie. Eureka blew Michelle's mind as Madonna. Michelle was like, bitch, you fucking slayed her queen. Like, that was, Michelle is in love with Madonna, and she was so happy with Eureka's look. Jamal complimented her for engaging the male dancers and just being involved all around and bodying Madonna. However, then we would move on to Yada. Uh, the judges said that she focused too much on body, and so they lost a lot of her lip sync, and then her facial expressions failed to kind of... They, like, they, made, they basically failed her because she was so concerned and into moving her body where her mama didn't give her, shaking that thing that isn't there, shaking that thing that's not a thing. Um, she was so focused on that that, you know, her facial expressions were just not giving it. And then we move on to Jan, who get who actually got, like, high remarks for going with an unexpected color palette on the runway and for fully committing to the choreography as Gaga. Like I said, that bitch started playing the piano with a fucking stiletto. I was like, oh, it's done. Oh, this bitch is done. And then she came out on that dark look. I'm like, okay, Jan is here for everyone's wigs. Okay, she's snatching all the wigs. She wants all the coins Jan isn't fucking playing uh, after Jan's critiques Akira is up next and Jamal said that Akira had the hardest job uh, but he thought she didn't pick up on the nuance of who Prince actually was as an artist uh, with all that being said Michelle did call her runway look elevated drag which I agreed I just said that is what the fuck we want to see her runway look is what we deserve on All-Star 6 every single episode. And lastly, Trinity impressed every single person in the fucking room and in the houses of the nation that we're watching on Paramount Plus uh, in her Beyonce performance for completely embodying her presence and commanding attention and closing out the motherfucking show like the queen would fucking do. So then we find out Rude has chosen a winner. He chooses Jan as the winner of this week's Maxi Challenge. It is her first win in the entire series history. So she's been on previously and she has was always safe. That's why I like to call her Safe Jan. She kind of floats by and this week she won. Like I said, she came for blood this week, honey. She wasn't fucking playing. Um, that left Eureka and Trinity safe and they were on the top with her, while Ginger was also called safe, which meant Yada and Akira were up for elimination, both for the second time. And that was very, very 
very uncomfortable to watch. Um, backstage, Jan couldn't hide her elation that she won the challenge while Akira was deflated for being in the bottom for a second week in a row. Uh, she expressed privately to Jan how much effort she put into the performance, and Jan seemed, to, you know, receptive to her argument, saying that she wants to see her remain. But then, you know, to the camera, admitting that she hasn't seen this like her spark this season, like she hasn't seen that Akira that everyone knows. Like there's something that's holding Akira back. Like Akira is letting her inner demons win, and Jan and I don't understand why, because like Akira. She is not giving what needs to be gave. Her runway this her runway this week, I'm sorry, was fucking sickening. But everything else, I'm like, Akira, where are you? Like, no ma'am. And then Yada. You know, she of course was upset to be in the bottom. She doesn't like the concept of pleading her case, but she was able to actually admit that the judges' critiques were fair against her. And um, Jan told Yada that she also agreed with the critiques, but Yada said that she's in the competition to give her all. I felt like Yada, again, her ego, I feel like, is getting in the way. And I, I don't know. I, I think that she, her her ego is going to be her downfall, I feel like. So I, I am just, I'm over, I'm just, like, over her. She, I don't like her attitude. That's it's that's what's killing it for me. Like it's the attitude for me. So now we're in the voting booth and we see Pandora vote for Yada, but none of the up other lipsticks were actually shown. In her own deliberation, Jan wanted to make the choice that the rest of the queens were going to do and so she wouldn't stand out, but also said that she was gonna do what was best for her own safety in the long term. Uh, you know, she had to go up against a lip sync assassin and she also, you know, she, she didn't, if she won, she didn't want to send out in front of everyone and go against the grain in other words. So she was being very careful, but she, again, like I just said, she was trying to protect herself and her future on the show. So then we are waiting for this week's lip sync assassin and it was Jessica Wilde, um, I did not remember her whatsoever. I literally still can't remember her. Um, I don't. I don't know her. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I can Google her, but is she worth Googling? Like, I. I don't know. It wasn't. She wasn't like sickening to me. I was like, who is she? Why is she here? I think all the other queens, like lip sync assassins, were like busy at the moment or something. Anyways, uh, the two battled to womanize her by Britney Spears. Uh, with Jessica focusing on Britney's trademark, like, hairography, and Jan taking kind of more of a comedic approach to Britney's style, and, um, I don't know how, you know, I felt like Jan wasn't that great of a performer at this time, because she actually did not win, and chose Jessica as the winner. Oh, so that was weird. So Jessica had to reveal, uh, which which queen that the group chose to go uh, send home and they actually all chose Yara Sofia uh, I was not shocked um, I kind of felt like that was coming I was shocked with you know Jessica Wilde winning I was like girl like the hell again I don't know Jessica Wilde so I don't know but Jan didn't give what needed to be given so Whatever it should have been, they should have both lost. To be honest, Rue should have been like this performance, especially compared to last week. You know when it was Laganja Shranja, bitch. That with Dua Lipa's song, 
holy fuck, that was a fucking performance. And then before that, Brooklyn Heights, and then you get Jessica Wilde. I'm like, girl, no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am. And that is all tea, all shade. Like, I really mean it. I, I don't care for her at all. So as Yada's packing up and getting ready to leave, of course, Rue comes on the television warning her that the competition is not yet over. So we shall see what happens next. Um, these last two episodes I enjoyed. I enjoyed, I really, really enjoyed the performances of the performances. I'm sorry, this episode. Again, the whole lady, Jan as Lady Gaga, fucking killed it. The whole Beyonce thing that fucking slayed it for me. Um, you know, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the episodes. I did not enjoy this week's Lip Sync Assassin. Again, Jessica Wilde, girl, you don't, she doesn't even go here. We don't know her, don't want to know her. And that is it for this week's podcast. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. And next week, I will be recapping uh, All Star 6 episode 5, and we shall see who the Lip Sync Assassin is then. Until then, have yourself a great day. Be who you are. Be who you want to be. Love you all. Bye.